For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by FL Montreal, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Montreal's Josh Miller, to begin our 10th season. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And I hope you had a good summer. How was your summer? Summer was amazingly warm. Mm-hmm. I will not complain because I love warm summers, especially after days like today and, and what's going what's gonna to come in the winter. And the summer was had to be one of the most hectic summers. You know, no vacation so far this year, but so business was good. Uh, there was almost no time to to escape. Uh, although I don't necessarily have a happy family, but uh, but other than that, uh, it it was really good. And and for those that you know weren't sure is the economy doing well or not, I got to tell you there are transactions out there. People are doing business. There is there's really no shortage of buying and selling and 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 working and making profits uh, at least in in the customers that that we're dealing with but of course you got to do it smartly and you got to think ahead and you can't stand still and and you always reinvent yourself and you always got to keep your eyes open and your ears open and networking you know there's a lot of effort that goes into it but there is a definite payoff I, I think one of my greatest uh, trips this uh, this summer was when I went out to the woods uh, near Lac Megantic for four days and turned my cell phone off. That I think was very beneficial to my business, and I highly recommend it once in a while for entrepreneurs. Just and, turn your phone off and go away for a few days. And, and by the way, one of the reasons why I love my trips to to Asia to Hong Kong is I'm fifteen and a half hours on a plane, and there's I don't believe in Wi-Fi on a plane. By the way, I'm I'm going to be in denial for that. <laughs> fifteen and a half hours, nobody can find me. So this evening is our first episode back for our 10th season. It's incredible that we've been doing this for 10 years, Josh. Uh, but uh, it's also our, our 199th episode, 199. So next week we have something special planned. We do. And, uh, and you know, you think back over the 199 shows, Dan, and we've been doing this since day one, since December 2009, and some phenomenal entrepreneurs. But next week, our 200th show, it's not, we, couldn't, we couldn't just pick one that was going to be outstanding. What did we do? Well, you know what we did because we did it together. <laughs> but we, you know, we went through all these shows and we got to figure out what are some of the top moments over the last uh, previous nine seasons. So that's what we did, Dan. And uh, with your help, uh, we we did it together. We picked ten top ten moments that when you tune in next week, uh, you're going to hear our top ten, de- ten down to one. Yeah. Not quite a Letterman top ten, but some phenomenal inspirational quotes and ideas and stories. It was a fun exercise. So my, my team helped put this together uh, next week's show. And uh, it's going to be, th- there are a lot of pieces of wisdom in there that are unconventional, that, that you'll really literally never hear in business school. And some of those moments I think were so inspirational for me as an entrepreneur. Really excited to share that with you next week. So that's next Monday night at 7, our big uh, top 10 200th anniversary show. And um, that will also coincide with uh, with a big contest that, that you guys are running. That's right. We're we're gonna we're gonna launch a, an online contest. So stay tuned next Monday uh, when you when you check into our our FL uh, Full Orlando social media pages. Check it out uh, for for this contest under today's entrepreneur. 
and uh, and hopefully you can be a part of it. It's going to be interactive. We're we're 200 shows in, so we're going to find a new look and a feel and uh, and this contest. And uh, of course, it's it's about entrepreneurs. So uh, so stay tuned and check it out online. Now tonight we do have an entrepreneur on the program, and uh, we'll be chatting with the uh, franchisor founder. Of Allo Mon Coco, his name is Tom Buntis, and Tom joins us in a few minutes here on CJ80. Exactly, and this is a this is a story that's been in the brew for a while because he started this back in 2001, and uh, and he owned corporate stores for a good 10 years, and now he's a full fledged franchisor. Uh, of that and actually a few other brands. So his story, his story coming up, uh, very interesting, very passionate as many of our entrepreneurs are. Now, one of the other brands is, by the way, Mr. Puffs, which, uh, which is very, very addictive. They're delicious. And, uh, so we'll talk to him about, uh, about his brands in a little bit and uh, about the breakfast business. And speaking of addictive, what's coming out on <laughs> Wednesday, Dan? Well, we have the cannabis situation happening on Wednesday. Is it, are you going to use cannabis or, or marijuana? What's, what's the preferred term? Uh, I'm, uh, well, I guess I can't use pot, right? Pot, weed, what we, other? <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's all interchangeable. So, uh, I, let's call it cannabis. It's, it's the, it's the botanical term. So that's all going to happen on, on Wednesday. First, what are your thoughts about the private sector, uh, uh, plan here? You know, is there, is there any opportunity for the private sector in Quebec? Because that's what I found most dis- disappointing about the rollout. It's, uh, there might be some opportunity and some spinoff. Uh, but some of the laws that are coming out, and, and this was an article that uh, that I read uh, yesterday, actually, was that for those that wanted to sell products with uh, cannabis leaf on it or the term 420 or something along those lines, you're banned. You're not mm-hmm. allowed to do that. After tomorrow or tonight at midnight, uh, or sorry, tomorrow night at midnight, you are no longer allowed to sell those products. So some of the stores that are out there, uh, the prohibition type stores in Laval, which is the the article that I read, the, you are no longer allowed to sell this. It is becoming very government run, uh, as we know. It's that's that's the 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 Quebec way with uh, as we've seen through SAQ and the like, and uh, and there's it's going to be limiting. You there's no doubt there's going to be some fallout. It's it's uh, I don't know if our new CAC government because it's you know he's a CPA by by trade so maybe he'll have a little bit more business in him and maybe that that will change some of the criteria but for the time being uh, all these ancillary all these products that are that are associated with it or have the picture or something all the t-shirts and caps and all that no more you're it is illegal to sell all this stuff and and it's and it's subject to quite high fines and penalties. That's well, it's not going to hold up in court. I don't think that's that some of these restrictions are pretty severe. Um, and there's already court challenges actually happening right uh, right now. There is, but the, this is this is still so new. Uh, you know the 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 cannabis wave that uh, that we're going to experience come come this Wednesday uh, is going to touch so many different areas because, and as we spoke about on the show in the past, it's going to touch every single entrepreneur that has employees because do you have a policy to deal with drugs? Uh, most companies, I would think if they have a policy manual, it deals with alcohol and drugs, but you might have to take a second look at it. You might have yeah. to see what really is what you're contributing if you, if you don't do that. This is why I don't understand why why people and, and entrepreneurs in particular are panicking over this. You know, why don't we just apply the same logic that we use for for alcohol? I mean, obviously, you don't go to work when you're on the influence of anything. I mean, why don't we just extend that, that logic to, to cannabis? Yeah, that, to me, that's rather common sense. I, I fully agree with you. But it doesn't mean that people have policies in place to deal with 
other impairments. doesn't mean people already have alcohol in place. Mm-hmm. And the reality is some people might smoke faster than they might drink. So it's, it's, it's very important to deal with it. It also might not be as obvious to some people when you're high versus when you're drunk. True. Um, let's move on to, to this article in Forbes about body language and the importance of body language uh, for entrepreneurs and uh, 15 blunders that successful people never make. And I went through this list and I have to say, like, there's Dan, a lot Dan, of Dan, how, how, ma- how many of these do you do? <laughs> there's at least half. So I do slouch a little bit. You know, I, my, my gaze does, does, uh, does travel a little bit. I, yes, I do check my phone, unfortunately. It's terrible sometimes when I'm in a meeting, I check my phone. Do you check your watch or your watch is your phone? I don't have, my watch is my phone. So sometimes. So now are you checking it because it's emails, because there could be client work, or are no, you checking no, no, it for no. the time? I'm mostly checking it for the time and to make sure I'm not running up against various appointments because my days are kind of jammed. But I do realize that how that can seem insulting sometimes to people. It, it, it can, but I think it's all about the proper communication. You know, if you tell people that you have a busy, uh, you know, a hectic schedule ahead and you need to have a hard stop, some people might understand if you're if you're checking your watch or you put it on a table. Uh, you know, by the same token that, you know, when you're, you sometimes have to adapt to the person in front of you as well. One of the items on here is a handshake. Weak handshakes aren't good, but strong handshakes aren't necessarily good either. You know, they could be uh, perceived as quite aggressive. Listen, we all saw when uh, Trump shook the hands of, of Trudeau and kind of pulled him in there, there was a definite level of aggression. There's one in here that uh, that is a huge issue for me is exaggerated nodding. This, people say this about me all the time. I, you know, I like to, I guess in my head, what I'm doing is I'm signaling to the person that I'm listening attentively, but it kind of gets on people's nerves a little bit. Seems like I'm too jittery, maybe. Uh, it, it definitely does. It, it's it seems like you're you're a little anxious. You're a little, you know, you're you're really not sure. You might actually not agree, but you're nodding anyways because that's what you think is right. And as long as you're not nodding off, I guess that would be the real. Right. The real, the real bad thing, and of course, don't roll your eyes. You know, um, of course, plenty of people that roll their eyes. I listen. I've I've had people roll their eyes at me. Um, you know, out of love, I'm sure. But uh, but uh, rolling your eyes is also kind of not a, not the best thing to do. Two things that are real quick on this list uh, in terms of eye contact. Uh, don't 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 maintain eye contact for too long. And on the flip side. Uh, don't not maintain it for for too long either. Moderation, balance, uh, just know your audience in front of you. Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD 800, our first episode of our 10th season, and we're going to talk about the breakfast business, uh, the donuts business, and more uh, with our guest in a moment. Uh, His name is Tom from Allo Mont Coco, and uh, and Tom uh, will join us in just a second here. Tom Buntis on CJAD 800. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, Chartered Professional Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and F.L. Montreal's Josh Miller with you for today's Entrepreneur, the first show of our 200th Sorry, no. 200 episode is next it's week. It's not this the 200 season, no, Dan. Not yet. Not or yet. or no, you're looking be... real good for that. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's our 10th season. And uh, next week, we're going to do our 200th episode uh, with some of our top 10 moments. So stay tuned for that. And this evening, we're going to roll on. Number 199 is Tom Buntis, the founder of Allo Mon Coco. Welcome to CJD, Tom. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. 
So the so as as we normally begin every program for the few listeners that may not know what alomo coco is, please let the listener know what it is. Well, alomo coco is uh, is breakfast. I mean, we do breakfast, we do pancakes, we do eggs, we do benedicts. Started all in two thousand and one, and we've uh, we've evolved. I mean, we've evolved to be a modern concept today, from the chickens on the walls that we started in two thousand one to uh, to a great ambiance, a great lighting, and a great design to uh, to. Greet the people. Now, what happened in 2001? Why did this start to begin with? Well, it was uh, it was two friends actually back then, and we uh, we wanted to open up a, a breakfast concept, and we bought a breakfast concept. So it was called Alo Mokoko in Saint Dorothy in Laval. So uh, at the time, and everybody, I think everybody knows the story, but I'll, I'll elaborate. We we didn't have enough funds to change the name Alo Mokoko. We wanted a more vibey concept, but when we this, when we had the money, the Alo Mokoko had grown on the people. That were coming, our clients. So at that point, we couldn't change it anymore. So Alomokoko actually grew on us more than we grew on the Alomokoko. So when you're changing, I know we're kind of getting, we're skipping a little ahead, but when you're thinking about changing or, or increasing the marketing or when, you know, where you're changing your name and you and the name is attached, what else do you do? What else do you consider to to change the look, the appearance, the feel, to bring more people in? What are the what are the concepts you think of? Well, uh, at this point, what we did was we wanted to keep Alomokoko, so we said, well, you know what, we're going to rebrand. So we're going to change the mascot, the, the logo. We changed it into an egg with the three buttons and the, the le petit papillon. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that, we worked into modernizing our concept. So we changed the colors. We went to, to the red, to the orange, the white, the dynamic colors, and then everything followed soon. Now, when you're doing all this, do you, do you is it a focus group? Is it all your idea? Do you have a small team around you? Because rebranding... It is not a small effort, and 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 it's definitely something you take very seriously. And you can have maybe too many cooks in the kitchen when you're when you're doing that. So, what worked for you? Of course, look, we we hired a great designer, uh, Dimitri Smolens, DSD Design, and we we've stuck through him through the last uh, six years of our growth. I mean, he did a great job. He's uh, he's old school, old dog, seventy five years old today, and uh, I mean, he has a vision. He has a vision for the brand, and I respect what he saw when I met him in two thousand and ten. So it was like, uh, Tom, this is what we want to do. Uh, if you let us, we can present you something great. And uh, you know what? This is what he does. I flip eggs for a living. So he's a designer. So we took it from there. Can you tell me about some of your other brands? Because you have one in particular, that those, those little addictive Greek pastries that I just can't get enough of. Uh, tell us about, the, about where Mr. Puffs comes from and, and your recent, it seems like your recent expansion. Yes. So Mr. Puffs is a, is a fantastic brand. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's sugar. It's a, it's a drug. So, I mean, Dimitri, design is, Dimitri Smolens is also part of that design as well. I mean, we redesigned when we started launching our expansion. And uh, you see when you have the, a great team behind you and you can expand good with a great concept you see mr puffs has 11 locations today it's a it's a it's a success story as well now coming back to alomo coco when you 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 told me an interesting story uh, a short while ago and when you were building the first location you focused it around something specific of course what was that specific part the kitchen why? I mean, we understand why. It's a restaurant. Yes. But but what was what was your vision? Okay, so I'm a kitchen guy. I've always flipped eggs for uh, since I was uh, 18 years old. So when we uh, when we met Dimitri, we uh, we said, look, Dimitri, you can. We're going to start from the kitchen. We're going to make sure that the kitchen can support the restaurant that we build up front. So if we're going to do 150 seats, which is a typical Alomoko today, we have to be able to service properly. So we don't want to we don't want a customer coming in and spending half an hour. To get his plate, it has to be done in five minutes. So we'll build the restaurants back front, not front back. So whatever fifty percent of my kit, fifty percent of my restaurants are the kitchen. 
Has that changed in the 17 years that you started? No. If you look at today, the 36th store with, from the first store, the kitchens all look the same. They haven't changed. We've changed some equipment, but the, the kitchen itself still the same and you're you're franchisors so when your franchisees are walking through the door and we'll talk a lo- little bit more about the franchisees and and the collaboration with them uh when we come back at the bottom of the hour but when you're when they're getting in how much input do they do they agree have you ever been challenged uh with, with this look some franchisees do challenge us i mean it's 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 we don't want yes man we want people that are gonna bring some input i mean we learn from our franchisees as well but typically the kitchens really do not change they have some input with the front i can allow it but the kitchens itself i try and minimize it as much as i can do you still own any stores or any I more do corporate not. stores not anymore when did that stop in 2012, in 2000, sorry, in 2016, I sold my St. Dorothy location. Why did you do that? I think I was overwhelmed doing the expansion and doing, uh, going to do shifts, flipping eggs, uh, accounting, the books. Uh, took a lot of my time and I wasn't concentrating enough on the expansion. So I made a, a tough decision at the time. Would you say you were too hands-on? Uh, I micromanage. So uh, yes, I'm, uh, I'm very hands-on. Did you have that style throughout since the beginning, since 2001? Yes. Have you learned to change a little bit of that since you dropped that store? I have. I have a great team uh, that supports uh, that supports the expansion. Um, my supervisors are great, from Johnny, Theo, uh, Elias, and Billy, all Greek boys. Uh, they, they're workhorses. I mean, they they love the brand. They have it tattooed in the heart. So I mean, uh, I mean, they they're great. So I give them carte blanche. Now, how did you find this team? Uh, you know, they were part of my system. They were part of it. They were cooks in in my stores, and we uh, we just paid attention to what they were doing. And I saw some things on them, and I said, you know what? These are these are good boys. So I like I like surrounding myself with great people. And do you find it difficult to keep them? Did you do anything special or different, or was it just the culture you built? You know, it's the culture. It's the culture because uh, it's a great environment. So I think if you give people the great envir- uh, great environment, why why leave? It's, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about culture with entrepreneurs and that's where, that's where you attract talent. It's where you keep talent. And if you can find the right formula to do both, then, uh, then it's, then it's a winning formula. Tom Buntis with us from Alamo Coco. We're going to talk more about the operation and about his expansion and, uh, and about the transition. I, I, I'll call it a generational transition. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment and the popularity of brunch more on today's entrepreneur. Professional advice with a personal touch, consult F.L. Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you for the start of our 10th season here on CJAD 800. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people every Monday night here at 7 on CJAD 800. Next week, we'll also have our 200th episode, which will feature some of our top 10 pieces of wisdom from over the years. So stay tuned for that. This evening, we're chatting with Tom Buntis. He's the founder of Allo Mon Coco, our profile for this evening. And Tom, I have to say that it's kind of a millennial stereotype right? That we're all into brunch so much, but it's kind of true. And it struck me because you had this one really beautiful location that opened up on Saint Laurent and Mount Royal in what was a supper club. And I, I keep, I keep walking by it and I'm thinking to myself, we used to go to that club 10 years ago, 
But to, today we're going for brunch instead. Yes. What, yes. what what happened there with our generation that we just we just switched from club to brunch? Well, I think they call us the the supper club of the breakfast industry. It's ironic, but uh, the, that location was the old Mike Bar. Is that right? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Macaroni yeah. bar. Yeah. yeah, macaroni bar. So I mean, I mean, it it changed. The philosophy changed as well for breakfast. I mean, people. Today, the 18 to 34, they get up in the morning, they dress up, and it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle to go for breakfast. It's a pose, take a picture, uh, look at what we look at what we're eating. So, I mean, it's the it's the new wave of uh, clientele. Just as I imagine that the marketing efforts over the years, from 2001 till 2018, not quite the same thing. Did you do any marketing when you first opened? Like, how, how did you no. how did you reach the people? It was all word of mouth. So from 2001 to 2012, 13, maybe, I didn't have a budget. It was $0 spent. Today, uh, I mean, we hired Catherine Waron, a uh, very young dynamic, and uh, she understands what we need for Alomo Coco. So, I mean, she does Mr. Puffs as well. Mm-hmm. So she understands our reality, and uh, she we spend a lot of money on marketing. Would you say that, just before we get to the social media aspect, would you say that in those first uh, 10, 11, 12 years where you didn't have a budget to spend, did you give away product? Did you maybe in the in the store say, have people try this? or Because that was... That was how people got to word of mouth, right? Word, you know, they, if the product was great, if the food was great, they go on. So was giving away product uh, part of uh, of that Not marketing? At all. Not really. Not yeah. at all. It was people coming, enjoying breakfast, and then talking to their friends about it. Today, people talk less, post more. So that means that you've kind of jumped into that 21st century. Exactly. Uh, certainly with, with Catherine. And are you active, personally active in it? Do you enjoy she, uh, that? She feeds off me. Uh, she wants my opinion, obviously. But like I said, I flip eggs for a living. I let the marketers do what they have to do. I let the designer do what he has to do. And I let the construction team do what they have to do. Now, let, let's kind of switch on from marketing to franchisees and franchisors and that, how you kind of no longer have any corporate brands. And you, you started franchising uh, five, six years ago. What was What was the first decision to say, you know what? I think I need to leap. I want this is going to be bigger than 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 the few stores I already have. I just want to have I have that vision to franchise Alomococo. Well, I think in 2008 when I did my first expansion in St. Dorothy, there was such a demand that people actually pushed me to sell them a store. I never wanted to expand, trust me. I was comfortable with my two locations. Uh, we were we were doing well. But people were constantly asking us, "Can we buy a store? Can we buy a store?" So I think the clients drove me to expand. You had no experience in franchising before. What does somebody do? What does an entrepreneur do when they have zero experience in franchising? Ask a lot of questions. (laughs) Get the right team around you, Get the right right team and ask a lot of questions. So your franchisee agreement, franchisor franchisee agreement that exists today, might have been a little different when you first started? Of course. Of course. We used used a handful of people back then. Uh, We didn't have the resources to to build a proper franchise agreement. Uh, Today, it's really structured completely different. We have more resources, and this way we hire the the professionals. What was the biggest change from an old franchise agreement to this one? Like, What was one of your bigger lessons on what you had to be more specific with? Well, territories, the way we spend our advertising budget, that was was the biggest, uh, what we had to tweak really in the franchise agreement. Now, how closely do you work with your franchisees? Very close. I mean, we all, they call me every day. They call me, uh, I mean, everybody has my phone number. They can reach reach out to me. They have an opinion. Uh, we're there to listen to them. 
Uh, a lot of the menus, when we change them, uh, they have some great ideas. So we always pick up their brains as well to see what's what's going on in their market because every store is a little bit different. I mean, from uh, from this town to Centropolis to uh, Victoriaville and Drummondville, those clients are completely different. We two different realities. You have the clients from Victoriaville that uh, you know they like their twigs with beans, and then you have the clients from this town and uh, Centropolis that like their Benedicts. So obviously, they're two same store, different realities. So the menu does change according to geography. Of course. Same menu, but we try and uh, we try and intimate plates that through the daily specials that will attract that, their clientele. And purchasing, uh, you know, purchasing with for one store and purchasing for uh, your how many stores now? Your thirty six stores 36 now. Stores, yes. So purchasing has definitely changed over the years as well. Of course. So we have we have great partners in Cisco, uh, Cisco Canada, Oleni Farms, uh, Saputo. Uh, Olimel. So these are all partners since 2001. So they've grown with the brand. So they know our needs as well. And we haven't changed our products since uh, since day one. We're still using the same uh, ingredients. That's 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 phenomenal. And definitely, uh, that means you understand your costs and everything is is pretty accurate. How when how did you work your pricing? Do you work backwards? Are you how specific are you when you're pricing your menu? Well, we work. We always work our pricing backwards, but not every plate is 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 percentage wise the same. So we have different price points for our two eggs bacon, different price point for our choco coco, and the profits are different for every plate. So some plates push more than other other plates, but at the end, is we look at our bottom line, and it has to be a certain percent to make sense. And do the franchisees have any? Because you're, you're we're explaining it's a somewhat of a collaborative environment. You get definitely get the input of the franchisees. How far does that go? Uh, listen, um, we're all open ears. We don't. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't say no to them. They uh, they have an input. They call. They uh, they give us their information. We take it. We see them. We we're, we're not we're not no people to them. You know, we'll 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 take their input and we'll we'll uh, analyze it. No, and it's and listen. There's give and take too. Yes, they're they're franchisees. Yes, they have to follow the franchise agreement. But the goal is to have the best product and locations together of course Because when you're strongest together that that's what's going to happen and and when we come back at the the, the break in, in a few moments uh we're bringing back nick moratis coming on air and we're going to talk a le- little bit on the franchisee side uh what you know when they're setting up and, and kind of corporate structure so they get it because you're now you're on the other side of course Tom. yeah so uh, so we'll talk about this but before we get there there's no question that when you're talking about the, your business and, and all the franchisees location has got to play a huge aspect. How do you find your locations? What has been your, I won't say secret, but your style, your philosophy? Well, we use a great developer. His name is Charles Garrow. Again, 76 years old. Old dog has been around the block. He understands my environment again. He came in in 2011. When he saw my location in St. Dorothy and I showed him what I did in terms of numbers, he he blew off the seat. He's like, it's impossible you do these kind of numbers in St. Dorothy. So all we did was take our concept and put it in an environment where it's going to succeed. So we go, we target big malls, big block, and uh, we found our niche in that, in, the, in those environments. There are a lot of brunch places out there, a lot of breakfast places. Yes. Uh, a lot of them are very famous. Uh, you know, I won't name them. What what makes you different? What is your recipe for for standing out from the pack? Well, our our decor is is, is fantastic, and then our food is. I mean, our food is what uh, what makes the brand. Uh, we have extremely our potatoes are are different. We boil our potatoes. We don't fry potato. Uh, our English cream is to die for. Our pancakes are freshly made. Everything is done freshly daily. We cut our fruit daily. So I mean, it's a bit different. I'm not gonna say it's different from our competitors. Cause I don't know what our competitors do, but from the feedback that we get from the clients is that why do our fruits taste so fresh? So it's because we cut 
daily. It's been our secret from day one. How many eggs are you cracking every day? Every day? Yeah. We crack about, uh, actually, we had a, we had a, a little contest uh, last week, and uh, I think we Dan, do a year. Dan, you should guess year. before he gives you the yeah, answer. you want to guess, oh, Dan? My God. A year. A year? A year. Half a million? Half a million? No. I, I, I have no idea. I would... I would have said a million and a half to a two million, million. No, about fifteen million two hundred. Oh, fifteen million <laughs> eggs. Fifteen million eggs a year. Yes. Wow. It's a good thing. It really doesn't cause cholesterol <laughs> problems. Uh, I, I think that's great. I think your your story and, and working with your franchisees uh, and collaboration uh, is amazing, and that certainly helps keep everybody uh, everybody going strong. All right, Tom, thanks very much. We'll uh, hang on and we'll have your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur in a little bit. Perfect. And coming up next, as Josh mentioned, Nick Moraitis, tax partner at FL, talks about some tax issues from the perspective of the franchisees. That is next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult FL Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Montreal's Josh Miller with you for the 10th season of Today's Entrepreneur. Nick Moretis is here, tax partner at FL. We'll talk about franchisees. Tom Buntis, Tom Buntis excuse me, from Alamococo, also sticking around, and we'll have his one piece of advice in a second. Uh, but first, welcome back, Nick. Hi. Uh, talking about franchisees. Josh, this can get complicated. Um, what do what 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 are, what's one common mistake you think for franchisees and going into some of these arrangements? Well, I, I think they you know have they run have they run their own business before? You know, have they had partners before? Do they understand the mechanics of of owning a corporation? Because assuming that's what you're going to do, so there's there's a number of areas that you know it's it's a, it's a quick question, Dan. That's a really long answer. Uh, but we'll you know, have we, all night. We, but Nick is getting hungry after the conversation that we're having about Elmo Coco and, and breakfast. So we're we're going to turn to Nick and Nick. And I guess you you think more from a corporate structure and tax perspective. Uh, what are some of the challenges or things that entrepreneurs should consider when they're a franchisee entering into this agreement? So you're walking into a business, and one of the reasons you're doing a franchise is hopefully reduce your risk uh, or of failing. Uh, here he's got a proven formula. It's been a proven product. The name is out there, and you're hopefully getting a better chance. There's also chances are a more significant investment because of that. So you're walking in saying, how am I going to structure myself? Do I do it on my own? Do I do it a partnership, corporation? And we tend to move people into corporations. Now, why? One is there is a liability issue, and corporations do provide liability protection against all your other assets, and that's something that's key. Second, it could be a financing issue. Banks uh, who are lending money will usually prefer to lend to a corporation backed by appropriate guarantees as supposed to say your name where everything is all part and parcel. The third reason is as a business and as a small business in Canada, you're getting very advantageous tax rates. We're here in Quebec on the first half a million dollars of profits, about 18.5% compared to, say, uh, 265 if you were a larger business or 50% if you were owning this business on your own. And it doesn't take much to get into that 50%. So because of those three main benefits, as others, you're going into a corporation. Now, in addition to that, you now start looking at, are you doing this alone or are you doing this with other people who are going to be participating? And I'm not necessarily talking just about family. So as as a different shareholders who might be contributing different skill sets, one knows how to flip eggs. The other one might be knowing how to greet customers and, 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 and work with uh, the books, etc. You're now creating shareholders. And who's going to own what starts becoming a discussion. Because there is a lot of equity, there might be some shareholders are walking in providing that equity. 
So they want a piece of the action, but they don't really want to be in the decision-making. So we can set a structure up for them that gets their equity. Now, I'm just going to turn to Tom quickly. We didn't address this earlier in the program, but do you have a selection criteria for your franchisees? Do they need, you know, certain expertise, capital? What, what, do you, what do you look for quickly? Well, exactly. Like Nick said, I mean, capital is very important. And then we have the, we, the bank screens them for us. And then experience, we look at the families, we look at the people themselves. Or will they be able to handle the pressures of the restaurant industry? I mean, the early hours, the long hours. I mean, don't forget, this is weekends. This is holiday Mondays. This Christmas, it's New Year's. All this plays a role. So for us, when we look at the families, are you willing and able to do all these hours and commit to the brand? If you are, let's go. If you're not, it's not for you. Right. So, Nick, as you, as you come back, you know, and they, these franchisees are getting into it, uh, that corporate structure and, the, and, and how and, much they take home and how much they keep in their And pocket. absolutely. And especially when you're introducing other people, who amongst the people is the boss? Uh, who's going to have the voting rights to decide what to do? And, and that may be a discussion uh, with, uh, with the franchisor as to who's going to be the real lead behind it. And w- once you bring in all these people and you're deciding who's participating, who's not, who's voting, who's not, you end up uh, going into shareholders agreement. In many cases with, uh, with uh, Josh, we know, and we're just two guys or three people starting a quick business like that, shareholders agreement is down on the bottom of the list as to what you want to do. But when the franchise situation, there's a lot of money involved. There's a third party who's watching who has a right, has a, has a right to say or veto certain business decisions. You need a much more stronger shareholders agreement. So now you've got your company. You've set up the parameters. You've got your shareholders agreement. Now we can get into family planning. You know, do we do we look at the the family who's be the may say the dominant family? Do they need a trust? Do we want to bring in other family members to to share? Now, now Bill Morneau and our, our lovely and, and, liberal and government made he, some changes. He's, last he's made year. some serious changes, but that's another show which we like. We should be getting into, but that that is something that's now buggered up some of the entrepreneur classes, so they cannot use the family in the way they, they had to. It's almost like you need a job description to hire your family, and it better be it better be legit. Once these franchise franchise operations will start working in the initial years, you're probably using cash flow to pay debts. So you don't have too many other needs. But once that debt's gone and the cash flow is still there, then you're into wealth accumulation phase. And wealth accumulation phase to me doesn't mean that I can take out more money and, and buy better cars and bigger houses and eat more steaks during the day or ma- many more eggs during the day. It means I don't Fif- need the, fifteen million. Uh, eggs yeah, I heard that. Now that you know, I'm really hungry. So, but <laughs> you're 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 looking to start accumulating cash somewhere, and that's when you're getting into more complicated structures. You need holding companies to def- to to move the cash aside for all sorts of reasons, creditor reasons, tax reasons, and start accumulating there. Which again, Mr. Last year basically said, well, we let you accumulate some cash in a holding company, but if you're getting too wealthy, we're going to start making you pay more taxes out of your business profits. So that's that, that, there's that, a lifespan, if you want, of, of a franchise uh, operation starting up and, and some of the elements that you have to discuss in, in the few minutes that I had the time to discuss. No, and thank you, Nick. There is, there is actually too much to discuss when yeah. you're setting up that, that corporate structure. But it, it was good. It was succinct. It was, it was quick, but not too quick. And, uh, and thank you very much for that. And as we approach the last moments of the show, as we do each week, um, we're going to turn to our, our guest, Tom Buntis of Alamo Coco and Mr. Puffs, of course, and ask you, Tom, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? I mean, uh, there's so many advices we can give. We don't have enough enough time. But, um, I mean, my father taught me one thing. Uh, work hard, 
don't uh, I mean we use a Greek word it's called philotimo mm. Nick would uh, I mean he understands what it means uh, what's the meaning uh, respect honor you have to uh, you have to live it whoever has philotimo you know it you see it so that's what he taught me I mean be true to yourself work hard be humble be humble and uh, I mean that's it I mean anything else is a cliche so uh, I mean if anybody's starting a business get proper advice seek Great tax. I mean, you should always have a tax lawyer next to you or an account, a great accountant. A great accountant. Yeah, a great accountant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you should Thank always. Thank you for agreeing, Nick. Yeah. You should always have these people. They're going to save you a lot of money. I mean, if I had done it back then, I would have been better off today, but we just didn't have the resources. And uh, like, again, stay true to yourselves. Work hard. Uh, Best piece of advice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. And definitely that's that's certainly clear in what Tom's story is. He definitely, he worked hard. He was there. He rolled up his sleeves and he made it work. He wasn't an absentee owner, certainly in a restaurant that's impossible to do, but that's certainly uh, definitely part of his success. Show number 199, Dan. What's next? In the books. Next is number 200, which is going to feature some of the top 10 moments from the past decade. Uh, Some really, really interesting entrepreneurs on deck. I went through this myself. It's going to be awesome. If you are if you you are an entrepreneur or no one, you must must tune in next week at seven p.m. It's going to be great. And please tune in to our online social media, the FL. We're going to have a contest starting next Monday, so tune in for that too. As today's entrepreneur gets a little bit new feel. Tom uh, Tom Buntis of Alamo Coco. Thanks so much for stopping by, and congrats on your success. Thank you, gentlemen. And Nick Moretis, thanks as well. Thank we'll you. see you Good back night. soon. Uh, don't forget, next week at 7, and all the episodes, all 199 of them, at the community section at flmontreal.com. Have a good night.